Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 17. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week, we're talking about the 2011 horror movie, The Right. Starring Anthony Hopkins and yeah. Colin O'Donoghue, is that his name? Something like that. Something the most Irish name you could ever think of. Yeah. Uh, and it's about exorcisms. Yay, our first exorcism movie. I know. A whole genre. Left I don't, I'm surprised we haven't actually had one come up before. There's so many on Netflix. There are, one could say that there's too many. <laughs> one could say. <laughs> and uh, for a big chunk of this movie, I felt like it was just another one of those hundreds of thousands of yeah. exorcism movies. It's pretty typical. I thought it was funny that it starts out with uh, based on a true story. I feel like yeah. every single exorcism movie has that at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> because like, yeah, exorcisms happen and you can kind of just do whatever you right. want with it. Like, of course, it's all based on a true story. Well, this one is because it's based on a book a guy wrote so a guy heard about they're doing them doing exorcism classes in the vatican and he was like i'm gonna go i'm gonna check it out and then he followed around a priest for a while as the priest performed exorcisms and they wrote a book about it called the right interesting it is yeah uh i don't know if it's closely based because that's kind of what our character you know it's not the main character but it's a side character that's her journey which is kind of cool right it was directed by a swede named michael hafstrom but it was written by Michael Petroni, who, incidentally, was one of the two screenwriters on Queen of the Damned. That's bizarre. It's very strange. It's back very to back strange. Petroni scripts. Back to back kind of semi-boring movies. Yeah. Inoffensive, but boring. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad actually saying this is boring. It's a lot better than Queen of the Damned. It's, you know what? It's better shot. It's better acted. It is a totally competent movie, and that makes it better than most of what we've done on this podcast. Yeah, Absolutely. But it is real slow. It's slow. I don't know. I felt... And it is like every other... For a large short, like you said, yeah. it's, it's like every other exorcism movie, you know exactly what's coming around the corner. But I ended up kind of liking it. Like... I did too. I like very specific things about it, which we'll get into. Yeah. But uh, there were things I did really enjoy. Let's do a quick plot recap for the listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts with Michael Kovac? Novak. No, I think it's... I, think it, I don't think it's Novak. Michael Kovac and his dad... Istvan, which is actually the character's name for some yeah. reason, who's a Rutger Hauer, who's a very famous Dutch actor. I don't know. He looked a lot like Anthony Hopkins, and I would get confused <laughs> when it happened. <laughs> They're a, a family of morticians, uh, but... Which is, that's how it starts, the movie starts off, which I thought was... It's always kind of a cool way to start things off, because it's such a weird mm-hmm. profession, um, but very fascinating. But he, Michael, our protagonist, is bored of being a mortician. That's Colin Donahue from Once Upon a Time. He looks exactly like his character, except that he doesn't have a beard. He's bored of being a mortician, so he decides he's going to be a priest. Doesn't he say that? He's like, there's only two things I can do. And yeah. It's being a mortician or, being, or going to seminary. So he's going to go to seminary school. His friend, uh, again, this movie starts off pretty rough because his friend is like, first he makes a joke about him being gay, and then he makes a joke about like having his dick cut off, and it's like... Yeah, I rolled my eyes a lot Oh, this part. is what this movie's going to be, and then that's not... It wasn't really no. what it was, no. That was the one kind of gross part of this movie, but it wasn't like that again. After after Deathgasm, I am forever <laughs> just like... I, I am on guard for... Homophobia in film. And, well, and just like sophomoric, like, oh, they're going to cut your dick off, man. Yeah. I'm just done. Yeah, cause especially because it's like, it's the joke about priests and yeah. there's a lot of jokes you can make about priests and some of them are too serious and some of them are not appropriate so you know so michael goes to seminary school and then flash forward four years later he decides to quit he hates it <laughs> he 
Toby Jones won't let him. Toby Jones. To, uh, who, I, who I also liked. Toby Jones is like a priest, but he like, doesn't he smoke and curse and do a bunch of shit? I don't know. He's don't, like the young Pope. He's nothing like the young Pope. <laughs> he, um, uh, but basically, he basically blackmails him yeah, into going Yeah, he's like, to, oh, you remember your tuition that was paid? Well, we could turn that into a student loan unless which you go to exorcism school terrible. in the Vatican. Terrible. And that's, that's like the premise is like. Go to Italy and go to the. Go to, yeah. And take. Exorcism classes. Exorcism classes. And Michael's like, are you kidding me? Because there's, there's something about how there's like a law being passed that you have to have an exorcist in every no, school, in every... It's not a law. It's a fucking... church law. Yeah. Yeah. No. They said, or Toby Jones says, uh, because of the reports of demonic possession on the rise, there has to be an exorcist in every diocese by this time next year, which is a fuck ton of exorcists. That's a lot, like, yeah. Like, in the world? Like, what? Yeah, probably. That's a lot of every, exorcists. Everything that, like, the Pope... Every Catholic church, like every everyone who looks to the Vatican, uh, yeah, that's a lot. So Michael goes to exorcism school. Everyone makes fun of him for being American. Yeah, it's constant. He's the only one. He's the only American, which is also weird because don't they have to put an American, like an American priest, in every diocese? Why? It's, why isn't it swimming with Americans? It's so confusing. Yeah, it's also, confusing. it's like it's the size of one lecture hall. So, like, I don't know how this is going to work. Uh, his teacher is Father Xavier. He's a big old jerk. He's a Big jerk. But he does send him to Father Lucas, who's Father Lucas, the other protagonist. Who's or main Anthony Hopkins. Story. He's like, oh, I don't like you, American. Go check out this, like, he weird Jesuit. About, yeah. No, it's like, he's like, he doesn't go by the book. That's like what he says about Anthony Hopkins, Father Lucas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll learn from him better. And then he never goes back to exorcism class. He spends the rest of the movie hanging out with Father Lucas, doing some one-on-one study. Yeah. That sounds homoerotic. It's not. <laughs> it's not at all. It's very father-son. Because he meets a cute journalist named Angelina. She is cute. She's trying to, like, break the story. She's trying to, like... she's She is doing what the writer of the book right. did that this movie's based on and, like, exposing demonic possession for what it is or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's all the setup we need for the rest of the movie, which is let me let me let me sketch this out for you. Mm-hmm. Father Lucas, uh, Anthony Hopkins gives a monologue about faith and uh, you know fear and demons. Then they go perform an exorcism, and Michael's like, "Well, I don't know," because Michael's a skeptic. Michael does not believe in God. He's no. like basically an atheist. Yeah, which is why I, don't, I guess that's why he quit seminary. That's school. Why he was going to quit? That's what that was like in the big email he sent. It was like. I am having doubts and I don't belong here. The, uh, you heard that right, listeners. The big email he sent. <laughs> to Toby Jones, who then proceeded to blackmail him. So it's just like, oh, they go do exorcist stuff. And then Anthony Hopkins is like, well. And Michael's like, I just saw something supernatural, but I don't believe in God. And that's like most of the movie. Yes, that's his arc. His arc is whether or not he's going to believe in angels, demons, God, mm-hmm. religion, etc. So their main patient yeah i don't know what the well there's they have a very interesting way this is one of the things i wanted to talk about is the way that, like father lucas goes about exorcism and that like it's not like i'm gonna have to compare it to like medical terms it's not like surgery which is most exorcism where you would kind of just go in get scoop out the bad thing then you're done, stitch them up, go on your way, now you're not possessed anymore. Isn't that how most movies you would say handle exorcisms? Right, that's not how it works in this movie. It's not right. just Father Lucas, it's just it's, not how it works in Oh, think. it's not at all? No. Okay, well then, I think that was an interesting part of this movie, is that it's like you go in for weekly treatment, right? and he gives you a little blessing, the walls shake a little bit, and then it's like, okay, you're good for the next week. The demon's not going to hurt you anymore. It's very anticlimactic. Um, 
there's a line he has about like spiritual liberation takes months or years or something. Do you not like it? You're making kind of a face. We'll talk about it later. I we'll, thought it was pretty interesting. We'll talk about it. Okay. I have pretty mixed feelings on it. All right. Anyway, their main patient is a pregnant teenager named Rosaria mm-hmm. who keeps coming in and getting exercised. And Michael's like, oh, she's coughing up nails. I don't know what's up with that. He and keeps Anthony trying Hopkins, to make an excuse for it. He's and like, Anthony Hopkins is like, maybe she's, well, that's another faith. element is that like a way you have to go. And they mentioned this in the movie. This is one of the things I like. I'm, I think this could be a whole separate movie and I want this movie to exist is they do mention before you perform an exorcism, before you actually declare that someone's possessed, you need to have exhausted every other psychiatric possibility. Mm-hmm. And that's very interesting to me because that's something that doesn't get gone. That doesn't, happen a lot in horror movies is this like idea that someone's possession is like a psychiatric problem or whatever like mm-hmm. and that's what that's what he colin o'donohue thinks is going on he just thinks that she is like faking it for because well, yeah, he doesn't believe in demons at all right so he thinks he's faking it or think she thinks that he thinks that she's uh she's like deluded herself into thinking that she's possessed like it's psychosomatic yeah. exactly and i just think that i think that's very interesting uh conceptually and i Wish they'd gone into it more, but obviously this movie is that she is possessed. Like, there is no other reason for it. She is coughing up nails, and she knows what's in his bag. That's another, That's the big she sign of other supernatural, languages. like, involvement. She speaks other languages. That's a big one they keep mm-hmm. talking about. Her condition keeps getting worse. Uh, Father Lucas ends up getting possessed. He's sad. Michael starts having hallucinations. Uh, Michael ends up having to exercise Father Lucas, which is hard. Anthony Hopkins acts a bunch, Michael prevails, and then he believes in God, and he goes on to be a priest. The end. That's the movie. Uh, the reason I didn't cut in at all there is confession time. I do not remember any of the end of this movie. Oh, I'm irrelevant. From about probably when Rosario, di- Rosario. Rosaria dies is when I like stopped really paying attention. Well, that's one of the worst scenes of the movie, but... When she dies? No, when Anthony Hopkins is just, like, crying on a bench. Oh, yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's actually start there. Let's talk about what works about this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think one of those things is Anthony Hopkins as Father Lucas. A thousand percent. When I said there was only one thing I liked about this movie, it's him. And it's because, from the get-go, his acting is so incredible. Well, when we first meet him, he's rambling about cats. This is his first, <laughs> like, monologue is about how... You can't control cats, and you they, they, they're going to stay around whether you like it or you not. Can't, you can't name them because they're not going to like, answer to their name. You have to like live with them. Mm-hmm. and it. I was like, is this a metaphor for demons? Yeah. <laughs> the name thing. That's the whole thing is when you when you name names, a demon. Names is really big in this movie. We'll yeah. talk about that later, too. Yeah. But uh, I just thought that like from the from the moment that he arrives, he's, he's quirky, he's strange, he's interesting, and my favorite moment of the mo- part of the movie that I can actually remember which is mostly the beginning, um, is he's really snippy with Michael. He's very like, if you're going to be around here, you're going to work, and kind of like Mm -hmm. always bossing him around and kind of one of those people who expects you to kind of know what you're doing automatically and is frustrated that they have to give you instructions. Um, And my favorite is it's him and Michael and Rosaria, and he's exercising her, and Michael, I think, is probably expecting something very climactic because that's what he is used to and what we're used to as an audience. And then so Rosaria as a demon doesn't really do much. She kind of just yells at him a little bit and then she kind of slumps forward. No, she says all the vulgar shit. No, not the first time. Oh no, the first time that is The first time, I'm talking about the first time. The first time she just says like, 
get away from me, get away from me, you priest, you're terrible. And then she kind of slumps forward and Anthony Hopkins just goes, okay, that's it. And the way that he said that, that kind of just like glib, like, all right, here I am in my little house in, uh, in Spain and this is what I do, and, or Italy, this is what I do, it's fine. And that to me, I think so many priests and exorcism movies are just like, oh, the gravitas and they're so serious. And I really enjoyed that. Anthony Hopkins' choices here were to be strange and mm-hmm. and odd and interesting, I find. I think like he that. particularly shines once he gets possessed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot going on because Lucas knows he's possessed, but he can't really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And both him as Lucas and then him as, like, the demon are... It's, it's really good because the demon especially, like, we'll get to this later, starts out really quiet and then gets louder. And I think it's, it's really, really good acting. Mm-hmm. I actually think all the acting in this movie, for the most part, is really good. Um, mm-hmm. I think that... Colin O'Donnell, who's like doing his job, he looks he, like yeah. a, he looks like Joseph Fiennes. He does. I've never thought about that before, but he really does. Yeah, uh, it's actually funny. I was wondering why that was like really stick out to me. It's because uh, Joseph Fiennes is a priest in um, American Horror Story. Yes. And so I was like, oh, that's why this. You see it, yeah. and it makes sense. Yeah. But the um the woman playing Rosaria uh, is great. Marta Gastini. She's an it- Italian actress. Uh, does an awesome job. Actually, this is a good place to say nobody in the main cast of this movie is American. Right. Even though Colin, Colin O'Donoghue is constantly called the American. He's called the American, but no, he's Irish. <laughs> he's not American. Toby Jones is English. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really interesting. And the director is Swedish and the writer is Australian. So uh, no Not American's even like allowed. extras or anything? I said the main cast. Okay. I don't know. I don't... Okay, okay. Maybe his friend was actually American. I didn't source the extras. All right. He has a friend? His friend who makes fun for being Oh, gay. his douchey friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, He's actually. probably American. He's a shitty American dude. Uh, but no, I think that... She's great. This is a bold thing. I think that... Almost all the acting in this is good, and it's like Westworld in that it's a bunch of good acting that amounts to nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like Westworld. That's a, you know, uh, but the acting in Westworld is good, and I think, obviously, Anthony Hopkins is the reason I'm thinking of that, but... Oh, that's true. That's true. He's in that, too. There's a, I would say there's a lot of media where there's good acting that amounts to nothing. It's like half of the Oscar movies this year. Hot take. I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> the Oscar nominations... Uh, I think will be revealed the day this episode comes out. So oh, nice. We don't fucking we'll see. know. <laughs> I'll make sure to update. Liz is talking out of her ass. I was gonna. I, I meant more like in general. Okay. Um, Oscar movies in general across time. No, I think to, to link this back to what works about this movie, so we can talk about what it doesn't. I think that uh, the acting is the, the standout. The sets are really good, though, and the cinematography is pretty good. Yeah, I have two. It's filmed well. I have two specific sequences I want to talk about. We could do that now or we could do that later. You can do whatever you want. I'm going to try to get as much of my gushing about this movie that got me excited out of the way up front, and so then you can talk me back down because um, <laughs> you didn't enjoy this movie. I'm not going to. No, it's. I think this is. it's up to the viewer. It's really one of those movies that's like it could resonate or it could not resonate. I think in particular the production design gets a lot better in the last like third, in part because I think that the first two thirds of this movie isn't a horror movie. I had my actually the same. And then I feel like it becomes a horror movie. (sighs) There's something that made me feel like it was a horror movie. Maybe early stuff with Rosaria, but I I did have the same thought where I went like, "What about this is a horror movie so far?" Other than just like the topic. Yeah, which exorcisms are usually going to be because of the way that exorcisms proceed. Right. I'm gonna talk about two specific sequences. I think something I think works really well is when it gets a little more surreal towards the end. Michael's having hallucinations. And because it's so focalized through Michael, I don't know if you remember this at all. I don't. Um, anytime that reality blurs, the viewer like is uh, inscribed in that defamiliarization. And I think that's really effective. The sequence I'm thinking of 
There's one that um, Michael discovers a room full of frogs. This is part of the... I do remember this. The I demonic, this. Yes. Um, I don't know, foreboding. But he discovers mm-hmm. a, a room full of frogs. Actually, this is also it's a PG-13 movie. This is their uh, one F-bomb, which is uh, him saying, you've got to be fucking kidding me, <laughs> upon opening the door to hundreds the of frogs. frogs. right. Uh, I thought that was really good. So I'm going to try to describe this sequence as best I can. So it starts with an exterior shot of snow in a courtyard in um, the Vatican where they are. Uh, Michael's hallucinating amidst this. He's like trying to run outside. He's seeing visions of his father. He isn't sure what's going on. He knows his father is sick, but he hasn't talked to him. We're seeing flashes. Then we see the same shot from above of the courtyard. Uh, but we see footprints in the snow. Michael runs out. He, he gets outside of this courtyard. We see him. We see a grunting mule with red eyes. Mule, yeah. Um, it cuts back to Michael. And it cuts to the fountain that they're next to, but it's clearly not snowy in the background. So then it cuts to the shot from above, and there's no snow, no footprints, no mule, just, like, Michael standing there. And then it goes to Michael calling um, Angelina, and it's like, I don't know what's happening, which is very relevant. But <laughs> that whole mule. sequence is edited and shot super well. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that was, like, too much detail for you to notice, is, like... I remember it. I remember the mule, because I remember it, the mule comes up later yeah. like, with that little kid. Uh, but, the, like, the snow and footprints going on is, like, again, it's very subtle, and it actually really works. The second sequence I wanted to talk about... Wait, this is three sequences. No, the frogs don't count. Okay. Let me talk about this movie oh, I like. go. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> um, Are you being Jamaican again? Not on purpose. Father Lucas is possessed. He's staring into the middle distance. And his hand is tremoring, which we learned earlier is a sign of... Uh, possession a little girl approaches him and is like will you bless my oh, doll this was so fucked up i'm remembering this now uh and he like paused for a moment and then he ends up smacking the girl smacks the shit out of her uh one, just one smack with the back of his hand and then storms away and it's it's so sudden it's so horrifying it's awful and, and we see him as he walks away from this like place he was standing she's just like lying motionless on the ground in the background and it's just like... And there's people who are, like, horrified. And it cuts to, right after that, it is, um... It might have, it's right, it's right, it's the next time we see him. He's sitting, like, alone, outside in the rain. Just, like, pouring rain by himself. Just, like, staring at the ground. And Michael has to, like... He comes up and he's like, what, what, what are you doing out here? Like, get inside. <laughs> uh, and that was, like, also, like, really good. Because it's not... I don't know. I don't, maybe you thought it was over the top. I don't think it's over the top. It's just, like, it's horrifying. It's just, like... No, it's a specific this, directed violence that isn't this, like... And it's an interesting, like... <sighs> demons are so interesting. And there's so many different ways you can do them. Because you can do them biblical. Or you can do them like they're people. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so many demons in exorcism movies are just like... It's like they've been sitting around watching American television for right. so many years. And it's really... It's strange. And the idea of a demon who's, like, confused and is like... I don't know what to do with the situations. I'm just going to lash out in violent anger and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to sit in the rain. Is a very interesting, like... Right. I don't know. It's like a very... It's an odd... It's a different interpretation, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And again, anything that, like, gets this movie out of its bubble of what I described earlier, which I feel like it's a lot of is just, like, Michael being snarky while Anthony Hopkins, like, does things. And that is a very frustrating rut that it gets in and then redeems when it starts to get a little more interesting. And again, this movie doesn't telegraph that it's going to become surreal. Uh, no. And then it's going to start like being about hallucinations. And I watch—I don't even know what these hallucinations are really about now. Like having finished the movie, I don't really know why he's having hallucinations. Me neither. And why like 
Okay, there's a whole thing with his father, like, dies? That's, that's what I was going to say. His father dies, and then his father calls... Well, no. His father's sick, and then his father calls him on the phone, mm-hmm. and they talk for, like, a minute. I don't remember what they talk about, to be fully honest. I don't know. They're talking, and his father's, like, saying, I don't have much time, whatever. They're communicating. And then the phone, like, clicks, and then all of a sudden he's talking to the doctor, and the doctor's like, oh, I'm, I'm so I'm, sorry. Your father died this afternoon. Not like your father just died. Yeah. Sorry, like he's he's already been dead. And then Michael's so confused. And like, like this is the notification. Is the demon phone call. like messing with him? Like is he haunted, possessed? Like we don't actually know. We, we don't have any other indication that he's possessed. He's just really struggling with his reality. Exactly. And then there's that little boy. Rosaria was the one patient, and then there's another patient of Doctor Luke of Doctor Lucas's Father Lucas's, uh, who. Um, has the he's having ter- terrible dreams, right? And yeah. then they find the frog in his pillow, um, and he knows already that the father's gonna die. So there's something there also where like he is like a prophet. I don't know. Yeah, we don't. We don't there's know. There's stuff going on with in Michael's life, but it's it doesn't all connect really. Which I, I think is I think it ties into more like the larger spirituality of this, which I find interesting. Yeah. Do you want to talk about religion? Well, I was going to say, I don't find it terribly interesting that Michael's arc in this movie is just belief. I agree. I think this movie is so Catholic, though. Yeah. Like... <laughs> to, frankly, an irritating point. Like... Oh, yeah. It's all... Like, we keep not talking about what uh, Anthony Hopkins is monologuing about, but it's about doubt and faith and duty. And we knew that already because that was suffering. Michael's whole thing of, like, I think I should leave the seminary because I have doubts. And, like, one... The thing about that from my religious background is that, like, any priest will tell you that, like, no good priest doesn't have doubts. Right. Doubt is a part of faith, and good priests who are good to their, like, congregations have doubts so that they can manage doubt with, like, their people. Right. And so I we already know already that that's his conflict and that it's going to resolve itself with, like, doubt is okay as long as you also have faith and... Well, it whole, act, it's explicitly the way that he beats the demon. Is well, like, and that's is what, I, I, that was, what else I was going to say is that that's a very common theme in these things is like, if you don't believe in it, like it can't hurt you, but you also can't help. Right. And so the only way for him to actually like do anything, like for these words he's saying to mean anything, is if he actually believes what he's saying and if he believes in... But I just didn't buy into that in the movie. Yeah, like no. it was one of those things where I was he was just like, isn't the final moment that he's like holding his head and he's just like... I believe or like God is real or something kind of silly like that. And I think that it minimizes the actual journey of this movie of belief and faith. because It doesn't just happen because you're like, I'm being choked by a demon. Like that's just not, it's very over the top. It it is like very dramatic and easy. I feel like the U S conference of Catholic bishops, uh, really loved this movie. They thought Mm -hmm. it was real great. And, uh, Michael Petroni, the, screenwriter is a practicing catholic and was like he saw an opportunity here to doesn't it feel a little bit almost like propaganda-ish though a little and that got to me i have no problem with expression of faith well, okay. in movies and television i think it's trying to do what it's trying to do is what other exorcism movies are trying to do which is it's trying to universalize this like sense of like doubt and faith and redemption and guilt and like trying to make that a non-religious thing, but the only language they have to do that with is a Catholic one. I get it, and it, it's it's interesting. I always talk about the Conjuring and how much I love it, but it was something that kind of got to me at the end of that movie when they're like, they play that quote from Ed Warren being like, mm-hmm. "God is real," and I was like, "Oh, this just kind of now feels like propaganda." But that's how that's that's so central to 
demonology. I know, you know? Like, and that's why it's so. I, I feel like I'm still waiting for like uh, that exorcism movie that's gonna kind of t- tie it together in a different way for me. Where's the secular exorcisms, guys? I mean, they can exist. It's what we always talk about with like. I guess you know. Actually, I, keep, I always bring up this movie, and you have never seen it. It's um the one with the, uh, the box and uh, possession. Yes, the possession with uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, his two daughters. It was the one that um with the fork with yeah. another movie we reviewed here. Uh, the possession. He goes and talks to um Orthodox Jews, mm-hmm. and that's how they like figure out her possession. So it's that, still so it's been done. religious. Yes, it's of course. Religious. Yes, of course. But it's but it's different than the just like. I read the Bible and this is how demons are described and that's it. You know what I mean? I don't think that, uh, well, the demon in this ball is, uh, not in the Bible. I don't think it's a What's he from? 17th century. I don't know. I wrote this down and then I deleted it because it was not a relevant note. Like 17th century, like, um, like Gothic texts. Would you really like, pronounce it just ball? Ball. I was, that's what I was. It annoyed me in the ball. movie. Cause they're just going ball, ball. And I was uh, like, it would probably be more like ba- Baal or like... Who, by the way, listeners, we will post this for you on the internet. They show a slideshow of demons in exorcism <laughs> class. This is your favorite thing. And the one that's Baal looks so silly. He looks like he's wearing grills. He looks like <laughs> a person. He's got four eyes, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's got like two heads. It's so sloppy. I, we will post it. Stay tuned. It is so stupid. <laughs> the fact that it ended up being him made me mad because they talk about several demons. You and were like, like, it's stupid Baal. Because I, I paused and I took a picture of it uh, with a screenshot because I was like, I cannot believe. You predicted the ending of this movie that it was going to be him. It's the stupidest looking one. Anyway, <laughs> it means, Baal means Lord in some like ancient Semitic I language. I did look that up. I did look that uh, up. And that's where uh, Beelzebub comes from. Yeah. Which is fascinating. It's, it's like Baal-zebub. <laughs> Baal-zebub. Listen, this language is so ancient that... <laughs> we can't pronounce it on this podcast. It starts with a U. I don't even know. I've never even heard of it before. Anyway... I think this movie is extremely Catholic. I agree that it's to its detriment. Um, it, it bored me a lot in that aspect of it. Yeah, just in that it's, it felt easy. It felt easy that it was like, now he believes in God and demons. And now he can, now his life can really begin. And it was like... Yeah, no, that's... No, not my bag, but, you know. Yeah, the movie ends with him. The movie end doesn't end with him being a priest who, like, does, like, uh, exorcisms. I mean, maybe he, he does. He does. No, but no, it's him did taking confession. Did you read the title cards at the end? Yeah. He's, he's in Chicago. He's in Chicago, which I was like, get the fuck out. But uh, he travels routinely to Italy to do exorcisms. Right, but that's not what we're seeing him do? Yes. Also, no, what no, the no, fuck? Yeah. He's the American? Why is he going to Italy? I don't know. <laughs> there were so many Italians in that exorcism class. Come the fuck on. Uh, One of my early notes on this is, if you've ever seen an exorcism movie, don't waste your time with this because you know exactly what this is. And then the first exorcism they do is so boring. It is anticlimactic mm-hmm. nothing happens uh because she's still possessed and this is part of father lucas's whole thing yeah which made me like a little bit more but i still see your point uh and then the second one is like you know vulgarity your head turning like it's linda blair and the extra it's literally is that when so... she's already in the hospital or no, is no, there no, another no. one it's another one in okay. the home oh there's so many and she's pregnant so you can do a lot of body horror shit i got really mad just it's one of those unreality things that just makes me a little pissed off was like she's in the hospital bed and she starts kind of having like an a possession attack yeah it's still her but you can see that like her body is fucking up yeah her hands are shaking and everything and her vagina starts to bleed presumably like her she's having the baby or it's a miscarriage or something and it was just maybe so angry because like i know they have to film this a certain way so that like we can see from above 
that's just not what your that's not what would happen if your vagina started bleeding. It wouldn't show up as if it was your stomach. Blood like flows down. So if they wanted to show it, they could show like the blanket she was under getting red. No. But to show the blanket on top of her getting red as if it's coming like as if you had cut her stomach. That's exactly what it looked like. Yeah. It was as if her stomach had been cut. And it just was that one moment where I was like, don't do that. Don't like show this in the way that you want to show it to what? to make this whole process of her body horrifying it was just it just women, really me the wrong way women were not consulted in the making of this movie <laughs> Fair. Just, as, just as women are not consulted in anything the catholic church does um, oh very true yeah it's it's pretty on the nose um <laughs> i wrote for one of the exorcism scenes i just wrote uh acting in all caps because that's <laughs> that's what's going on is anthony hopkins doing the He's yelling. He doesn't say the power of Christ compels you because that's from the exorcist, but like he says all the other stuff, a bunch of other stuff, and all I can think of is the power of Christ compels you. Yeah, they do the um, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Yeah, pray for us now and at the hour of our death, which I only know from a musical. I bet Catholics fucking recognized everything in this movie. <laughs> I'm not Catholic. You're not Catholic. Neither am I. No. So, not even lapsed. Neither of us are even lapsed Catholics. No, I'm a lapsed Episcopalian, but it's not the same thing declaring your faith on this yep i said it everybody everyone knows i was once quite do you have do you have uh the seven princes of hell in episcopalianism i don't think so it's possible and i just never like really got into it uh i I don't think i've ever told you this though i considered going to seminary when i was in high school i'm so sorry (laughs) it's horrifying yeah i had a lot of people telling me that i'd be a really good priest and I can because Episcopalianism allows female priests. Oh, unlike Catholicism, right? It's one thing it's got going for it. Uh, so again, this keeps happening over the course of the movie, but the big one is Michael exercising Father Lucas, which I don't remember except when they start shouting his name. Uh, and that's a big theme. I think we touched on earlier is that the idea of like knowing the name of a demon is its destruction. They will hold it so tightly to themselves. Mm-hmm. You will never figure it out. But that's what they're always asking is that like, when, what, what is your get, name? What is your name? What is your name? Tell me your name. And that's what eventually has to happen when Father Lucas is possessed is that Michael has to find out his name. So this is the big, again, it's most of the last third of the movie. Uh, I think it goes on too long. It has a break in the middle that I don't understand that it needs. I mean, like I said, I was totally tuned okay. out. So I'm gonna have to, very true. I'm going to have to give a speech on this by myself. Um, <laughs> I'll just talk to myself. All right. Um, Bye. I'm going to get a drink of wine. Anthony Hopkins acting is really good. Like I said before, he's like calmly jibing Michael. Um, He's like tied up. Actually, the first time I don't think he's tied up. This is a very long exorcism scene. Um, And then Father Lucas gets control back and then the demon gets angry and starts like yelling things. Uh, A lot of nonsense. It's like, you know, you've seen exorcism movies. You guys know what it's like. Uh, But it doesn't really descend into camp, which I was expecting. And like, it would be very easy for it to like get pretty over the top. But it's just like unsettling the way that it like should be it's so big though compared to even even the like obnoxious stuff that happens earlier with rosaria the exorcism of this final scene of um of father lucas is so long first he fails they go into the room angelina gives him a speech about like you are not alone you can do this michael goes back in then he decides he believes in god and that's how he can do it but my big question was are we supposed to like by that okay <laughs> spiritual liberation that's what anthony hopkins called it mm-hmm. takes months maybe years 
Baal. 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 Gets inside Father Lucas. And then... Michael... Punted out. Decides he believes in God most of the way through exercising him. And then immediately wins. That's why the whole concept of it taking this long time is such a cool concept. But it can't follow through. It abandons it. So, okay. So, first of all, why would Michael believe that he could do this in one sitting? Because that's his goal. Even from the beginning, even before he believes in God. Now we're getting into why this movie isn't good. Yeah. It's coming out now. The sheen has worn off. This movie isn't good. (laughs) Why does he believe he can do it? He's never seen this happen. He's never performed exorcism on his own. He believes he can exercise his mentor. And then why is the audience, are we supposed to buy into his success? That makes no sense. At all. I I agree. I fully agree. It's why all the kind of cool things from this movie got abandoned because they don't work in a narrative sense. No, 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 no. Even the... No, no, you agree with me? I totally agree with you. And even the, like, the hiatus they take in the middle where they go into a different room, the... (laughs) No, it's not long enough. And what you said, the question you're asking is because it's a movie. Yeah. Like, that's the answer. And it's unfortunate because we should hold movies to a higher standard of actually explaining how things work, but that's why. It's because... They wanted there to be a big climactic scene and then for everything to be okay, because that's how movie works. You know what I just realized? What? Angelina says you are not alone to him. That triggers a thing that his mother wrote on a card. There are a lot of flashbacks right, in this movie. The flashbacks. But the reason that that gives him the power is because he realizes that it means God. Yeah. It doesn't mean anyone else. When he's when she says you're not alone, even if she's talking about God, the he, the, the light bulb it, yeah. that goes on over his head is like Oh, yes, God is with me. The Lord is walking next to me. I am with God. God is with me. <laughs> that makes sense. That's what the Force is about. The Force is better than uh, Catholicism, though. Is it? I'm going to get flamed for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how hot that, that take is. Uh, I'm sure Catholics don't love it. Yeah, but do Catholics listen to this podcast? I don't know. I don't know. Shots at Catholics. At Catholics, show yourselves. <laughs> what is your name? <laughs> Another weird thing I had, I don't know if you noticed this, and this isn't really the fault of the movie, but it is fault of Netflix, um, <laughs> that sometimes the subtitles will give us the translation of what is being said in Italian. There's a lot of Italian in this movie. It takes place in the Vatican. Sometimes it says, literally, speaking in Italian. Yeah, it's weird. There's a scene. There's literally a scene where Father Lucas's line to Rosaria is spoken in Italian. Anthony Hopkins is speaking Italian, and we have subtitles to tell us what it says. And her reply, it says, uh, speaking in Italian. And it's like... Right. Well, we've had this discussion before about, like, Netflix using its judgment about the things that we should be able to know. And I'm like, no, just tell me. Just tell me what she's saying. Absurd. Or or don't tell me. We can, like, assume. What were we just talking about this with? Oh, Sears Unfortunate Events. Just don't use subtitles at all. Yeah. And I will just I will just use my intelligence as a human being to figure it out. To figure it out because most of this stuff they're saying Italian is not necessary. No, it's not at just all. like the devil is. But in don't me. don't give me some and then take it away. Right? No, make a choice. Don't say speaking in Italian. I know. I, I you know. know what Netflix also does that's really weird. It did this for this movie and it did it for Odd Thomas that it started saying things that were not on the screen. Yeah. Did that happened for you. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I was like, what? Well, I don't. Where's this information coming from? It's just in the subtitle, but I don't not... Know. It was so strange. It's very strange. I did not know what to think about it. Anything else to say about this movie? I do, but, you know, like I said, I read a lot of notes. I think we've mostly covered it. Yeah. You take the good, you take the bad. Take and there the... you have the right. 
our second right movie. Oh, Rights yeah. of Spring. I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking about all the jokes I could make in my head with the word right in them. Alt-right. <laughs> Do the right thing. Uh, the right way. I don't know. There's just the right stuff. The right stuff. <laughs> There's just lots of opportunities. Let's talk about exorcism movies in general. How, where does this fit to. in the exorcism canon? Oh, before we start, can I just say, the two producers of this movie are Bo Flynn and Trip Vinson. I like giving people shout-outs. Bo and Trip. They produced The Exorcism of Emily Rose with other people, and they decided that they should pay for this. And I don't know why they were like, we need to make another exorcism movie. No, because that movie is like literally fine on its own. Yeah. Like, you don't... I like guess, they, they waited five years, too, yeah, to make this. I guess the exorcism school part of it is interesting, and that's the part that, like, of this movie of the right that could have gone further, which is... It's the most interesting part of this, especially because it's rooted in reality, is, yeah. like, demonic possession. I guess it's a TV show. We're talking about a TV show. Yeah, but, like, an would... academy. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. But I... When you when we were... I already had my, in my notes to talk about exorcism movies. I was going to talk about the exorcism of Emily Rose, because yeah. besides the exorcist, it's one of the only exorcism movies I've seen that's like, I don't consider The Conjuring to be an exorcism movie, even though that's what it, it ends is. up being. It's, But it's also a haunted house movie. It kind of does it all. Because there are so all, there's also ghosts in that movie. I think movie. we just love The Conjuring. We talk about it constantly on the I, podcast. I love it. But anyway, I think that like, exorcism movies are very specific. And I love The Exorcist, uh, but it, it doesn't scare me. Um, partly because of my hangups about like, movies... Maiden. You hate old movies. You I hate them. I don't hate old movies. I don't like horror movies from the 70s. That's when the exorcist okay. is from. I just wanted to make sure that I didn't. But you hate Reanimator and it's from the 80s, so. I hate 70s, 80s. Um, horror movies, not other movies. Um, but I like The Exorcist. It doesn't scare me. Other exorcism movies that I have seen terrify the shit out of me. Exorcism Ellie Rose. There is still an image from that movie that haunts me to this day, and I saw it when I was like 14 years old. Yeah. It's the um, scene where her boyfriend wakes up in the middle of the night, and they're they're asleep together, and he wakes up, and she is next to him, but she's contorted into this position. Part of that is just because I get scared of like sleeping in the same bed as people right. because they do freaky shit. But like that has stuck with me for so long. But that's also a movie that I gave up on very quickly because it was boring. So I have this weird thing with like exorcism movies where they they simultaneously like terrify me. It's the the bug eating and the yeah. contortionism, but also I get so unbelievably bored of exorcism scenes themselves and the way that demons always end up talking. I hate it. Okay, it drives me crazy. I mentioned it earlier, but I hate that demons most of them at least, sound like they are like inundated with pop culture. They use current like, pejoratives. I don't think it's true of this movie. Only a little. Was it speaking Italian or was it speaking English? It was speaking a bunch of languages. That was how it no, spoke like, Hungarian when it was at one speaking, point. When it was speaking English, was it saying like, like not to make fun of The Exorcist because I love it, but like, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Yeah. Seems modern to me. Or at least modern of the 1970s. It doesn't seem like ancient being from hell well, right well they've been around demons are around that's what I they're think, always around i guess always, what bothers me about them is that they've like people walk around and they're possessed and they're in, still in taking things like demons are they're spirits that float around in the air they're contained in things i guess it just i it annoys me the idea of these immortal creatures is that, that they would start speaking with like american pejorative slang i just don't get it, it just i'm picturing like this 
creature was forged at the beginning of time. Sure. And it's like going to say things like, it's supposed to, you're a cunt. Like, I just don't. It's supposed to just like use, first of all, I hear you, but it gets boring when you don't die. So like, you have to intake new things to keep like existence worth living. So like, yeah. So, so the, what they're absorbing is just. They're absorbing everything. So like, no, they're not going to no. speak in Aramaic and like. If they were absorbing everything, then they would probably act differently over time. One, demons would learn freaking ways to avoid possession if they were that smart. Possession. Uh, avoid exorcism. To avoid they have. being. Have That's why they? we need more exorcists. I don't know. I just think the, the whole thing falls apart. I disagree entirely because that's that's because we haven't defeated all the demons. That's the point. That's why the movies exist. There's no exorcism movie that's like yes, the problem is now solved forever for everyone. Exactly that, and I feel like that's a plot hole of every exorcism movie. Why? Because they immediately reveal themselves. We are legion. That's like the whole point. Is you cannot. Oh, that's true. I've never seen those movies or the movies. What? Is, what is that? We are legion. Is from the Bible. Is, isn't there a movie that's Legion, though, where like they're, they've actually, like, succeeded in, like, possessing a, so many people that, like, because they're good at hiding? No idea what you're talking about. There's, I think there's a movie That's a thing. Legion. It's from the Bible. I don't care about this other yeah, movie. Yeah, okay. Anyway, my point is... The point is that there's too many of them. You can never stop them. They're beyond earthly sure, conception. of course, of course. Yes, yes, yes. And you're totally only, right. Only God can but purge them. why do they, when they come into a body, why are they like, I'm immediately going to show off some warning signs so that a priest tries to exercise They don't. Me? Yes, they do. No, no, they don't. That's the thing. Okay, they don't in this movie, at least, and they don't in all movies. Uh, the Tremors is the only thing that's like... No, there are other and things. And that's why the things, they manifest themselves as mental illness. That's why it gets it goes undetected. But then these are the ones that are detected. Is are, They've done something that's so far, they, they, like, they know what's in the bag, or they start, like shouting things or they know like you know what there's they, they know too much like they're they are revealing themselves. we don't know what their motivations are sure if it's if, if, if it's, it's to wreak just havoc, to terror yeah then just to terror then they're doing a great job so that's my point is i'm not i'm not saying that i don't i don't like the story of a demon who's just i want to terrorize and use all these funny words i've been picking up from humans what Con- movie are you talking about all exorcism movies it sounds like you're mostly talking about the exorcist no there's no they all do that Everyone I've ever seen, every exorcism I've ever seen has, you I mean, you said it earlier also, they like, it just gets vulgar. Yeah. Swear words have existed since language. They weren't like that, though. No, because you're using new ones. I know, I just think that's silly. You want them to swear in Aramaic? Yeah. That's so silly. Why? Because then the audience can't understand them, and there's no point. Right, it's just for the audience. I think that's the part that like... What are you looking for? What do you want out of a movie, then? I want realism. Yeah. Is that so bad to want? No, but I don't. I think that like, I think you're underestimating demons. I feel like everybody else is underestimating them. No, what works? All right, because here's the thing: we're also not drawing a line between exorcism movies and uh, demon possession movies because that's complicated. And the demon possession thing is like much broader, and there's the tropes are a little different because mm-hmm. you're not always driving them out with catholic rites and holy water and stuff in demon possession you know uh i think what works about them is the ambiguity inherent in like faith that something could be manifestation of mental illness or just people are fucking weird people do weird fucking things because people are weird Mm -hmm. and like that doesn't necessitate a demon and i think that a lot of demons do go undetected for a long time and in exorcism movies we're cutting in on the time where like 
this is when something was done about it. I hear you, and I, I like stories more where the demon has been there for a long time. Like, that's, like, so much of the intrigue of Supernatural is that, like, there are people who you wouldn't know are demons for a very long time until you throw holy water on them or until, like, they're actual physical tests, not them behaving strangely. It's, like, an actual physical test. It's also true of, like, vampires, but... Yeah. Any but like, humanoid, like... I think that most of the exorcism movies that I'm thinking of, start, they start presenting very quickly... And it's like they want to get caught. And there's an I interesting think, thing there, too, of, like, wanting to get caught just to stir up shit. But I don't know. I just don't care about that as much as the you, ones who... Do you hate Poltergeist, too? I haven't seen Poltergeist. Ooh. <laughs> just whether to admit it on the podcast. What kind of podcaster are you? Terrible one. We've already I think, established this. I think what you're getting at is that there's a bunch of bad exorcism movies. Yeah, and maybe. When I was looking at this, I was like, I didn't realize that there was a boom um the last exorcism 2010 the right 2011 the possession 2012 the devil inside 2012 the possession is different though the conjuring 2013 deliver us from evil 2014 it's, if it's different it's still an exorcism movie. yeah okay fair uh there's like this whole like turn of the decade boom of everyone decides they want to make exorcism movies and they yeah. don't get it i don't really get it either because it's not it's, it's so Catholic, and it's strange that... It's because we need that... to bring God back to our lives. Yeah, clearly. You said the possession was a Catholic. It's not, but if you say the possession, the automatic assumption from the people is that it's going to be religious, don't you think? Yes. It doesn't end up being it, which is why I found it to be such an interesting movie. Jewish is still religious. I said it's not Catholic. You said religious. Oh, sorry. It's not Catholic, which is why it's interesting, but um, it's not... But I think the automatic assumption, what all the movies that you listed, I would assume all of those were Catholic if I saw a trailer for them. I don't know. I probably wouldn't. The reason that the possession is different is because it's about an object, not like a... It's not... It doesn't seem as like... You see her getting possessed, whereas we don't see any of the people in these other movies getting possessed. Does that make sense? I guess. I don't know. I mean... I think you really... This movie really left an impression on you. It's like... It didn't. Your it's just, favorite it's, movie. Which one? The Possession. You talk about this movie constantly. I d- just on this episode and once before. It's a, it's a really good movie. I wish it was still on Netflix. We could talk about it. Anything else about... Uh... No. I feel like we talked in circles just about exorcisms, but I don't hate them. I just hate certain things about them. Exorcisms or exorcism movies? Exorcism movies. How do you feel never, about exorcisms? never seen a real one, so I can't really judge. How do you feel about exorcisms? I think they're good. Generally good. Yeah, they purge uh, unclean spirits. <laughs> okay. Roger Ebert gave this film three out of four stars. What? He said, I admire the right because while it delivers what I suppose should be called horror, it is atmospheric, its cinematography is eerie and evocative, and the actors enrich it. Three out of four stars. That's such a, like, Roger Ebert and my mom thing to say of, like... Shout out to your mom. No, like, this is exactly what she said before, and she agrees with Roger Ebert on a lot of stuff of, like... This movie is good, so therefore it's not a horror movie. Yeah. And I'm always like, no, a horror movie can be good. It can be a good horror movie. But, like, the assumption is, oh, it's not horror because it's actually really well acted and the cinematography is good. That's what a lot of dumb people think. I I mean, I fully disagree. Of course, yeah. Yeah. There's lots of good horror movies. There are are lots of, like, well-made, well-directed, artistic horror movies. Is this one of them? No. All right. I think I agree. This is a... It's, mid, it's mid-level. You asked me to thumb review it at some point, and I gave you a, a mid-level. Yeah, I think I like parts of it a lot, thumb. and then, like, 
I talked myself out of certain things. Being excited. Yeah. I really just thought Anthony Hopkins is like the best part of it. Yeah, for sure. And again, the sequences I described. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to uh, purge Exercise the demon? Exercise it? Yeah. yeah. Send it back to hell. Let's uh, send it back to hell. It's Yeah, it's not actually what I want to do with this movie. I don't hate it that much, but... Yeah. It's consistent with the theme. Let's send it to some other body. Oh, yeah. Just exercise it from us. Let's make it not our problem. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, get that roulette up. You ready to spin it? I'm ready. Next week's movie will be... <gasps> the Babadook. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I'm so excited. Finally, oh something good. Finally, something good. We've both seen this, right? Yes. But I have only seen it the once. I've seen it a few times. I've seen it one time with you. I'm so excited to yeah. talk about this. I... Love the Babadook. I only said it the one time. I can't wait to watch it again with like a new lens. It's I bet be that great. every single one of our viewers or listeners has seen the Babadook. We don't have viewers. I always mess that up. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you should go watch it immediately. Now. I'm like, I'm, we're already, we already know that we're going to say it's, it's, it's a one to watch. Yeah. But it's great. And I'm so glad that's on Netflix. It's been on Netflix for a long time. I'm glad it's still on. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Thanks, 2017. Thank you for this gift, 2017. Actually, you know what? Credit the roulette. No, I won't. The roulette's given us a lot of shit before, and I will give it no credit. So next week, we'll be watching The Babadook. Till then, be sure to check us out on our website, at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter, at nowscreaming, and Facebook, at nowscreaming. Please give us your thoughts if you have seen... This movie or other exorcism movies, let us know what you think about them. If uh, angry Catholics want to leave us uh, iTunes reviews, uh, make sure they're only the five-star kind. Say whatever you want, but uh, make sure that <laughs> you give us five-star review. They're definitely going to do that now that you uh, ask them to politely. Absolutely. And thanks, Wes Craven, for never trying to convert us to a different religion when we're yeah. watching your movies. You, you I appreciate it. He didn't proselytize. He's not forcing... A, he doesn't have an agenda... Agenda. <laughs> the Catholic agenda. The religious agenda on us. I appreciate it. Yeah. Shouts out. Thanks, Wes. Until next week, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you and goodbye. Good night and good luck. <laughs>